Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, and welcome to Going Off Track. Hi, and welcome to Going Off Track. This is Jonah. This is Brad, and if we were in stereo, you could hear us on either side of your head, but we're in mono, <laughs> as you may have heard us refer to yes. in prior episodes. <laughs> we are in mono, uh, so so what does that mean exactly? It means that we're equal. We're, we're equal to both ears. We're not favoring one or the other with one voice, you know, we're equal. I consider us equal. All sides. Yeah. No matter where you are, you sound the same. All right. So luckily we have different voices, so you can tell us apart. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you can't tell us apart. I don't know. <laughs> uh, today in the podcast, we have Chris Farron, who you may know from Fake Problems. And we're also joined by Jeff Rosenstock, who's with him from Bomb the Music Industry. And they are in a band together called Antarctico Vespucci. I think I pronounced that hopefully close, with Benny from the Gaslight Anthem, who's been on the podcast before. And uh, I saw their first show after we taped this episode. I think it was that night at Shea Stadium, and it was awesome. Not Shea Stadium, the stadium, the right. venue. Uh, <laughs> For those of you. Yeah, but and Chris did our live podcast, our last one, and performed. So it was cool to get him back in the studio. Um, and yeah, his music's awesome. He also has a big cartel store where you can buy his Smith Family shirts which have become an internet sensation. And him and Jeff also do the podcast Back to the Island, Da Island. and Which is a Jamaican podcast. Which is a Jamaican podcast. <laughs> no, it's a podcast where they talk about random episodes of Lost, and I was a guest on it recently when Chris was here on this trip, actually. So you can listen to that on SoundCloud, I believe. When were you on Lost? <laughs> I was never on Lost, technically. But I talked about... Got, you got cut. Well, I wanted to do an episode where we talked about Charlie's band. Uh, so that was like drive shaft. So right. that was what our episode themed around. Uh, but yeah, you can listen to a whole podcast about us talking about that. We do not need another one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. It was cool for them to come by and, uh, they're great guys. And I don't know where Steven and Mike are. Steven? Steven. I think he went to the bathroom. I think Steven's in the bathroom, but Steven was here for this episode, which is awesome because, uh, we're all old friends, and it was great to hear what, what Chris has been up to. So, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Farron, joined by Jeff Rosenstock. Enjoy. It's going on Hello, and welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. This is Steven. Hi, everyone. And Brad. Hello. Today we are joined by not one, but two guests. Surprise! <laughs> Chris Farron from Fake Problems. Hello! And Jeff Rosenstock from Bomb the Music Industry. Hi, everybody. And they have a band and a podcast together. Why don't you guys say the name of them? The band Back is called... And our... <laughs> <laughs> the band is called Antarctico Vespucci. The podcast is called Back to the Island. I made you do that because I knew I was going to fuck up the band name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell. I don't remember if it was you. No, it wasn't you. Somebody somebody emailed me about Antarctico Vespucci, and the text of their email was all in one font, and then Antarctico Vespucci was obviously just copied and pasted from like somewhere else. <laughs> 
It's pretty funny. Dan Ozzy also emailed us about Antarctica Vespucci, and we found out we had been spelling it wrong the whole time. So it was good. And saying before, it wrong. Before it came out, <laughs> yeah. it was almost spelled Antarctica. Yeah. No C. Uh, was it? Did uh, you really? Chris, um, you, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Chris delighted us with performing on our live podcast. And Jeff, you were there. We talked about your podcast before it started. And I thought we had a discussion about the name of your project and how it wasn't going to go forward with that name. What happened? Uh, we just, uh, you know, we bit the bullet and decided to go forward. We almost named the band Gmail. Yeah, would that have been better? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse. But we ultimately decided on Antarctica Vespucci. I mean, all band names if, if, are bad, you know, so yeah. what were we going to do? If it was G E E mail, oh G mail, <laughs> that's the band when Chris breaks off and does his own version yeah. of G mail. You know, <laughs> Chris Barron's G mail. And you guys did a live podcast on Friday that was really great. Thank um, you. Was, you were there. Yeah, I was there. I mean, what? How did you feel about the first first live podcast? Because live podcasts can be a little bit different dynamic. We were both, I think, terrified to <laughs> yeah. do it. I was I still think, terrified, like for hours afterwards, it, that it had happened. Yeah, I, think, I know the feeling. Yeah, <laughs> when we were planning it, we like kind of decided to do it, and then the whole time we're second guessing ourselves the whole way through. Like, yeah. n- not during it, but during like planning it, we're like. Are we sure we're really going to do this? We, maybe we should just cancel it. Maybe we should cancel it. Um, and then it was just so great. There was like a lot of people there and people were like really, you know, happy to be there, it seemed, and laughing and stuff. So I had such a For good For those time. who aren't aware, what is your podcast about? Uh, it's called uh, Back to the Island. I almost said it's called Going Off Track. It's <laughs> called Going Off Track. It's got uh, Jonah, that's it's got taken, Steve. Chris. <laughs> it's called Back to the Island. Jeff and I watch a random episode of Lost a week uh, and then talk about it for an hour. As two Lost fans uh, kind of falling out of love and occasionally finding sparks that made it what it was, you know? Yeah. Has it? It is kind of a bummer how bad that show went away because i was a huge huge fan same it, I, I i told somebody yesterday that it was the biggest heartbreak of my life that can't wow. be true i think it is true i think so it how is. are your relationships chris seems like they must be pretty good right <laughs> <laughs> has it changed the way you view because i view lost as like Something I loved so much, and then when I watched an episode the the couple this week, like it really is different now watching it. Like, do you sort of is it like going back to your college town or something? Does part of you like feel weird about it? Yeah, there's there's some like nostalgic qualities to it because then you start remembering like what your life was like when you were watching it like originally, which is sad because your life was like you told all your friends you couldn't hang out with them so you could watch a fucking TV show. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so could have been that good. Yeah. It's Jeff, crazy. that's not sad. That's every day of my life. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's great, right? <laughs> um, but uh, it's just crazy how little you remember yeah. about, about Lost, like about yeah. the characters. I bet you, you were watching because you haven't watched it since watching it. Isn't it crazy that you're just like, who was that guy? I had Wasn't no idea. Important? And then like on Lostopedia, it's like this person. I'm like, who are these people again? Like, I had no, There's so many characters. Yeah, yeah. And and like I was so invested, I still remember like twenty percent of what happened. Yeah, yeah. There's, I have a friend who was so into it um, that he he followed the online marketing, like like they had at Comic Con this woman who crashed a panel and she was a character that was put online to like drum up stories about the Dharma Initiative and there was this extra storyline that happened. Like it was they were one of the earliest adopters of. Um, online like weird viral marketing like it's crazy so there was this extra story yeah yeah that never got sewed up and then wait who are the characters uh, this jumped into my head the um the characters they tried to introduce and then killed off immediately well there was a nikki and paolo episode which that's is, it thank they you were, nikki and paolo they were on the show and then the producers were saying stuff like you know, or not the producers, the network. This is my understanding. This is possibly completely wrong. But uh, what, I, what I've heard is that the network was like, you have to explore these other characters. You know, we want to expand the show. And they're like, fine, we'll give you j- an episode just about Nikki and Paolo. Everyone's going to hate it and deal with it. And then they saw, they're like, yeah, don't explore other characters. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I love that episode. That was, it one, was really fun. That's to watch. one of my favorite episodes. Of yeah. Because it has the most fucked up ending of any. Yeah. 
It's like an episode. It's, like a, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's buried alive. It's like a Quentin yes. Tarantino movie. It's like a short Quentin oh, Tarantino yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, magic. So the magic of Lost, I I have found. Is that it that, was? That's another good name for the podcast. The magic of lost. <laughs> the magic of lost. I have found. <laughs> um, was that uh, that there was all these like mysteries, and that was what was exciting about it when you were watching it. And so now, when you watch it and you know that almost none of it pays off, it's really difficult to watch it. Especially, yeah, because they, they painted themselves into a corner. Especially with um, with Richard, he was my favorite character. You know, yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, oh, my God, the chains, what does that mean? And then they go back and they talk about what happened to him. And he's in chains for 20 minutes. That could have been two. And then we could have had a lot more cool backstory about this <laughs> yeah. mystical guy. Yeah. Wait, was Richard the guy with the eyeliner? Yeah. He rocks. Yeah. He doesn't wear <laughs> eyeliner. He has very thick eyelashes. I know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I love that guy. That. <laughs> that guy was on uh, Suddenly Susan, right? Whatever. Wow, <laughs> taking it back. Oh, <laughs> what I think is weird about it is like when you're watching it, like especially those first seasons, you're like the writers of the show are such geniuses, and then kind of towards the end, you're like, oh, they're like regular people because like, they're just making things. <laughs> up. Yeah, they're, they're just making. Yeah, they're, they're regular people. They like can't write like, a TV show. <laughs> like they're creative, but they're not these like amazing visionaries that had. Like it was like strangely reassuring to me. I was like, they're huh. kind of like me. To me, it's like like a little kid could have written it. It's like ideas that <sighs> a little cruel. kid has. A little kid could not have written. Towards the end, like the last season, a little kid could have written. It's it. not <laughs> Axe Cop. It's completely different. But yeah, yeah, I get where you're coming from. How, how does it feel to have a, a podcast where you know how many episodes you're going to have of your podcast? Well, well, we don't ac- actually know because they just <gasps> announced that there might be a lost reboot. I saw that yesterday. So God. we really. So we're we're discussing. We're in talks right now <laughs> about <laughs> whether or not we're going to have like another podcast or we're going to like combine it or. Well, I mean, if we have, yeah, we we don't know. Back to the island classic, <laughs> <laughs> something. Yeah. Back to the island west, like Showtime West. <laughs> do you guys get a lot of feedback from people who really do know a lot about Lost? Who it infuriates them? Not really. Like, Who's this person? It's we a lot of people some. who go who go like. Yeah, what was this about? What was this about? Are asking us, and we're like, obviously, we don't know. <laughs> I think initially we got a, a bit of feedback that was just like, "You guys are too mean," and it was kind of, it was kind of right. It was just like, "Yeah, you're right. We you're a little, a little yeah. harsh." But you're you're mean because you're hurt. You were betrayed. Trust me. I I I've, I got into fights with friends about the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Who were like, "Let it go," and I'm like, "I can't let it go." And they went, "No, that's a line from the last episode." I went, "See, that's how much I didn't care." <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel like what we're doing, it's a fine line between like two friends arguing and like two friends talking shit on the internet on a message board being like, this was stupid, which I don't want to do that. I'd rather yeah, have that's just true. Be a bunch of friends getting mad at each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be weird going back and watching an episode out of context yeah. because terrible way uh, to watch it. <laughs> it was, yeah, seems what, like it was where, a where did that through line come from? <laughs> I don't know. I think we I, just thought it would be bad so we should do it basically. <laughs> and I think I think there's there's something to trying to see how each episode kind of stands alone. Oh, yeah. Without having getting swept up uh, swept up in the the story. <laughs> yeah. But I mean for sure a lot of the ideas in Back to the Island were us being like wouldn't this be dumb if we did this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like rating it on scale of 4 8 15 16 23 and 42. <laughs> yeah. How did you guys meet was it through touring? I'm not even sure at this yeah. point. It must we have did been. tour together. Did we know each other before we toured together? Well, you met I knew Derek. Derek. Kinda in like Athens or something right when we were on tour oh, with yeah. against me yeah because I offered you guys a place to stay and Derek's like no we're staying at a hotel with a guest fee and I was like <laughs> all right whatever I'm a stranger I just know that you're friends with friends yeah. so yeah. it probably seems weird uh, I thought you guys were a huge band and like you have weirdos offering you places to stay every night when I was at that show <laughs> I went to Christy and I was like nah they didn't want to I felt stupid I <laughs> left um yeah I don't remember exactly how we met but I think the first time I remember actually like meeting meeting you was when we like the first day of that tour yeah. that we did together, and, uh, and literally the first like five or ten minutes of that tour, we're shotgunning beers. Yeah, literally. we were shotgunning beers in a parking lot <laughs> with like the door, the back doors to our van open, playing like. Uh, Green 21st Day. Century Breakdown by Green Day, which we were just like, oh, no, yeah. uh, when we heard that record. So we were just like blasting Know Your Enemy, just like shotgunning beers, like, yeah, it's Green Day! <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Even looks as in, as in, how many beers could it take to make that record sound good? Uh, <laughs> I don't. It was just like an aimless. Like you have to understand, our bands had not met each other for the most part yet. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, let's do this. Let's get in. It yeah. was so weird. I think Casey brought a lot to that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't want to say anything. Ba- I can't say anything bad about Green Day. They changed my damn life. Yeah, but then you go back and listen to them, and you go, they changed your damn life by using songs you already knew. Oh. Ooh. 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 I'll go on record and say it. Wow. So this is going to be on a record? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're making vinyl right now. That's the new thing, vinyl podcasts. I don't know if you guys are into it. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, man. Straight to vinyl. I bet that that would be Somebody just did that. That would be, if you could find a place that would do a cheap, like, 100 records yeah i bet that that would didn't be tom sharpling like. just put like one of their first episodes on vinyl yeah they did a record store day thing, yeah i think rock rotten <sighs> rule yeah yeah sharpling <laughs> that that stuff is so, so good. smart yeah um was green day your biggest heartbreak steven when i found out about a lot of was when, when i heard what's what's the dillinger four song the whiskey? Um, double whiskey coke no ice yeah when i when i heard okay. that years later after Going on the record and saying, I thought American Idiot was Green Day's London Calling. Uh, that kind of broke my heart. You said that, that on a record, too, huh? A what was that? You pressed that one on a record as well, huh? Yeah, yeah, I put that out on 7-inch. Uh, <laughs> just you saying that. <laughs> just, oh, it's just that over and over again. And there's a couple of rare pressings. There's a marble version. goes on eBay for about 20 cents. Didn't you do the 45 with the, with the B-side? Was you saying that backwards? Kids don't know what B-sides are, Brad. Because <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I think we've stumbled onto something, like having some kind of like podcast magazine that's only available on a vinyl record. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Podcast do- magazine is funny. Well, because <laughs> it has descriptions of podcasts you heard. Too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I said this on the podcast before. I t- told the Academy is their album Santi was their Pinkerton. We should put that on there. <laughs> that's also one of the weirdest things I've ever said to someone. Well, I mean, it's their Pinkerton. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I didn't it say is. like it's it, the if next you say sophomore record. Pinkerton. Yeah, it is their Pinkerton. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That guy, the bass player for that band, is kind of a friend of mine. I toured with uh, Say Anything, and he played bass for them. But now he plays bass for Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. It's pretty. Oh, I follow nice. him on Instagram. Yeah, me too. The craziest, craziest photos. pictures. Yeah. yeah. You guys think Carly Rae Jepsen's got more in the tank? Like I hope she musically, does. yeah, the well, <laughs> yeah. I hope she's got more. I hope she's got at least another good single in her. I like a lot of songs on that record. Yeah, it's like a good record. like four four songs on that record are legitimately like hit songs to me. Okay, cool. Maybe not to everybody good. else. Obviously, <laughs> only two of them were hits to the rest of the world. <laughs> but it's always weird to me when people from like punk or whatever cross over into the, it's always int- like you know like, like Tucker Tucker yeah Tucker was just gonna say Tucker playing for the Wanted like. Like even like Miley Cyrus's band is led by Stacy from American Hi-Fi. Oh really? Yeah, like Jamie from American I didn't Hi-Fi know that. plays guitar. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's just it's always interesting to me because you think of those worlds as so different, and you think of punk existing in this weird yeah. offshoot. Well, American Hi-Fi was on not MTV maybe not American stuff, Hi-Fi you know? so much, but I guess like yeah, like Thursday or the Academy yeah. is or like. Well, you think about it. Job's a job, you know. True. What's a lamer job? Working at an office or working as a bass player for Carly Rae Jepsen? You know, no, totally. Yeah. So. And I and I know like a lot of like a lot of the band managers are are just like most a lot of a lot of like people who are, who are involved in the music industry are just like punk kids who grew up and then became music industry professionals. Some yeah. of them. No, that's true. I, can I guess of just a few. I guess examples. I have this- I have right? a skewed okay. perspective because I play in in a band where we play an open D, and I feel like I couldn't play with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Is it all open D? All, yeah, all everything that I'm pl- we're playing now is an open D for me. Yeah, so. you got to get yourself a baritone guitar, right? Take that down to open A. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that just blew my mind. Yes, and you guys recently played your first show. Yeah, yeah. that was when Saturday. Yeah, it's been a busy week for yeah. us. Yeah, you you awesome. you really packed it in this. It's really impressive, man. Thank you. Yeah, every time I come up here, I just make sure I have no free time. Yeah, <laughs> I just you know, it's like in Naples. When I'm in Naples, it's all free time. It's like I can. What's a typical? I can do take nothing. us through like a typical Chris Farron Naples day. 
Chris Farron in Naples. <laughs> we Wake open. up, make t-shirts. Lunch, t-shirts. Yeah. We open. I uh, I wake up. I, I wake up around uh, 9.30. Uh, I, I, you said we open, but you didn't say we, where we opened. Oh, uh, we open me asleep. Chris, wake up. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> we open. Okay, okay. First we open. It's 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 7 a.m. My girlfriend is banging around the room getting ready for work. She kisses me on the, on the little cheek. She gives me a little peck. And I go, I love you. And then she leaves. Uh, I sleep for another three hours. I look, I, I, I open my eyes and I look at my phone and I go, don't look, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't check Twitter this early. This yeah. is a bad idea. This is just going to stress you out. I do that too, Chris. Don't and then, and then I, uh, you know, two minutes later, I grab it. I just start looking at Twitter, Instagram. And then I'm like, this is crazy. I, I need a break. I put my phone down. I pick up my computer and then I look at Twitter on my computer for like an hour and I go to some other websites, you know, my, just check my sites, you know? Um, what are your sites, if you don't mind me interrupting? Uh, I go uh, Vulture. Oh, interesting. Pitchfork. Wow, bold. And uh, Split Cider. Huh. Those are my top three, wow. I'd say. Interesting. I'll have to check those out. Yeah. Um, and then maybe I'll take a little bike ride, ride my bike around, and then I'll just try to force myself to write a song. Then I'll get super depressed in most cases. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> That's the rest of the day. I'm just depressed for the rest of the and day. And then Cassie comes home, <laughs> and, then Cassie cook, comes home right? and I go, I'm depressed. And then she's like, it's okay. Yeah, Cassie, who's been working all day. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel she's The boy like, with the dream life is depressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So much sympathy, I'm sure. <laughs> she, is, she is the greatest woman in the world because all... It's like, I am like a happy guy to everybody else in the world. And then when like she closes the door, I'm like... My life is terrible. <laughs> you got to start cooking, man. Yeah. Because then you'll feel good. You can make Cassie a meal when she comes home. That's a good you idea. Know? You'll okay. feel like you accomplished something. That's true. Yeah. I do other stuff as well. <laughs> when yeah. you guys Sometimes play live, I go, is, it, is it just you two or is it a full band? Uh, when we uh, Our band? Uh, we, yes. It was a full band. Yeah, it was full band. It was uh, John from Bomb the Music Industry. Played um, bass. Tim, who does Back to the Island with us, played keyboards, and Benny from the Gaslight Anthem played, played drums. drums. Probably because I met him at your live podcast. Definitely. That's, that's definitely. Yeah. Oh, I thought you guys were old friends. No, we're just, I think people from New Jersey and people from Long Island have an immediate bond because we're like the, the fuck-ups on the outside in New York City, you know? Like, I think people from Jersey are always trying to convince people, like, no, Jersey's actually a pretty cool place. And people from Long Island are always trying to convince people, like, no, some people from Long Island are actually pretty cool. <laughs> and we have that, like, stigma that unites us. But he he was oh, on wow. our record definitely because of the live podcast that, that yeah. I did with you guys. Because... Uh, yeah, it was going to be just Drum Machine. It was going to be Drum Machine. We were kind of talking to some other people and really trying to figure out how we were going to do it. Yeah, I was thinking about Tim, and we didn't know where and to Mikey record Erd, it. Yeah. And Mikey yeah. and stuff like that. But so uh, after my interview with you guys, during the, while the, the live podcast was still going on, probably while you, when you guys were talking to Vanessa or something, he was like, hey, do you want me to, to play on that stuff? And I thought he was talking about, like play along with me when I was going to play a song at the end of the night, like acoustic song. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, what's he going to do? Just like tap on stuff. And, and then I, and then he was like, that now knowing Benny, he has very good taste. He's not going to want to do that. Yeah, no, I know. I know. That's why I was like, what is going on? Um, and then I realized, and he, and then I was like, oh yeah. And then that's how that happened. And he, oh, he's, dude, our drummer. So cool. he's always down to play. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then we were talking I, about I how he's like a Jersey, total... not knowing him whatsoever, like yeah. having only met him at the podcast. And we just like got super into it. After the recording, we talked about death. We talked about what happens when you die. We talked about gentrification. We talked about whether or not you truly ever fall out of love with anybody. <laughs> like we just got into real fucking conversations that I didn't know this guy well, like at all. Just like yeah. instant friends. He's awesome. We were talking about how he's like a true man of the people guy. Yeah. 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 For yeah. like being in like one of the friggin' biggest bands. He's just like one of the coolest guys. All those guys are super cool though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, I don't know any of them, but yeah, <laughs> if you say it, I believe yeah. you. <laughs> no, they're they're a good bunch of dudes. Yeah, Jeff, did, Jeff, didn't your you uh, didn't your band have a documentary made out of it? Um, it's happening right now. Uh, they just kickstarted enough money to finish up all the post stuff. 
Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. Seems exciting. It's uh, kind of a crazy thing. I've never seen any of the footage from the documentary. I've been doing my best to just stay out of it. That was our friend. <laughs> our now friend Sarah just kind of started making this thing, and uh, we just tried to stay out of it, and I've just first seen the footage, and it's weird to kind of see what your life was like for the past six years from an outside perspective. Yeah. I feel like I need to stop being so fucking self-deprecating because <laughs> it seems like everything was kind of all right because it seems like that stuff looks awesome. The, the trailer is insane. The crowds at the trailer are insane. When yeah. I watched well, the tra- one of them is Where from is the last show, which was at Warsaw. Okay. Um, which still, that was insane. That was an unexpected thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's totally crazy. When I watched the trailer, I was in Jeff's apartment, and I was like, I, I shouldn't even be here. This is crazy. I can't even believe I know this person. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it's, a neat, it's a neat thing. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how you said six years, because uh, I've got a friend who's been working on a documentary about drummers, that, um, and uh, Benny's oddly enough in it. <clears throat> and he, when they went in to do it, the person he was doing it with said, so, well, you know, let's shoot a bunch of footage for like a couple years. And he went... No, no, it's going to be six or seven years that we're shooting this. Like, that's, like, documentary standards. You got to yeah, find crazy. the story. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's other than me and Sarah. That's the only thing that, like, I talked to Sarah about was just, like, yeah, you should be, you should do this for a long time. Well, because I she, think fans are getting mad because they did a Kickstarter to, like, get her, get her like, a camera to do it. Um, and the movie took so long. But, like, all good documentaries take, take or not all of them, time. but a lot of good documentaries take place, take a long time to And make. she started doing it before you guys we're going to break up or anything too. So yeah. it's like it found its story during it. You know, I mean, with me, every band I'm in is always going to break up every, <laughs> every five minutes in my head. It's just like, <laughs> nothing's working. <laughs> but, but it seems like, have you, like, you seem like such a DIY type person, like from just like, like I made the joke the other day at your apartment, just like having like the LPs, like you want something to write on? Here's an LP mailer. Well, I, I mean, like, it's, it's a hard surface. No, it, it worked great. <laughs> but I mean, like, has that, does that change at all? Like as you get older in the sense, like, w- would you want to have like a booking agent or manager or someone to like help you or like, does that change? Or? I feel like a manager is a weird thing. I actually found a booking agent, Greg from the world is a beautiful place. And he's going to help me out with some stuff. Oh, awesome. There's a lot of things that you can't like in in that world if you don't have a booking agent and you don't have anything to trade you don't get to go on tour with like say like i can't go on tour with um titus andronicus unless i could be like oh yeah i booked this shitty band on the music industry but also i book fucked up and we could put those two bands together if you put my little band on this thing i'll put your band on this thing so not having a booking agent you can't really do that i'm just i just write them emails pretending i'm not the singer of the band being like, Bond the music industry has done this. The singer's really cool. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of, you know, I, I don't really think about it too much. I, yeah. I just do stuff myself because I like to do stuff, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. But booking, booking tours as a 31-year-old now can start to get endlessly frustrating because the bottom line is like, I'm not... I'm not one of the cool kids anymore. Like, I don't know where the cool house shows are anymore. And all my friends who used to book that stuff are getting old and kind of moving on. So that's kind of tough. Yeah. That answer your question? Yeah, no. Drink totally a lot of coffee. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird when they have kids too, huh? Yeah. But it's, uh, I think it's really comforting when you see your punk rock friends and they have kids and they seem like they're awesome parents. Because you're just like, okay, well, I'll be fine. What, what am I so worried about? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. You have every reason to worry. <laughs> Thanks, Steven. <laughs> you How see are them, kids seeing them from afar, you don't realize <laughs> that once you leave your friends with their little kids, they still have the kids when you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. kid stays with you 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> I recently... And as Brad, Brad has said many times, you keep thinking they'll figure it out, and nope, they can't get their shirt on, they can't make food. It's a big waste I, of time. I didn't realize until very recently that you can't leave kids alone. <laughs> Like I was like I was like, can't you just like watch a movie and be like, here's a toy or something? And Steven's like, no, you have to watch them all the time. That's crazy. That sounds annoying. Yeah, Yeah, right. That seems that seems bad. There should be an app for that. Uh, I don't want to get weird, but imagine if you have a kid and he's an asshole and you got to hang out with them all day. Uh, That must be the worst. Dude, you just you just defined being a parent. I called called one of my daughters an asshole this morning. (laughs) Oh. She was, she was like, we, my wife and I are like in, in separate she? beds with, uh, I have twin three-year-olds. Oh, cool. That's fun. No, that no, fun? no, no. <laughs> no, it's awful. Get to get them matching awful. outfits. That seems oh, fun. God. 
No, no. Yeah, I get matching outfits. One one doesn't care what color she's wearing. The other one has to be either orange or blue, which always goes well together. So you got one cool fan, one cool kid, one Knicks fan. <laughs> I, I, you know what? You just discussed my greatest fear is if, if the, either of them gets into sports, I'm ruined because I don't know anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be like, there's a lot of comics in there you can look at. You're, you're welcome to them. Just don't make me go to a baseball game. Are you, are you still you going to use or withhold everything cool from them in hopes they discover it on their own technique? Uh, yeah, I'm trying. Like like the other day, one of my kids gravitated towards something that looks slightly tie-dye. And I was like, I, I have to let this happen because if I show that I don't like it, then they're going to go towards it. Yeah. So I have to like I have to be like, yeah, sure, you can listen to the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and hope they get into Tom Waits like a normal college student. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an uncle right now and I'm trying to figure out what cool records I could get for my nephew. Like if I could get him like a Ramones record or like a Beastie Boys record censored or something, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. But yes. see, as an uncle, you're a lot, you can do that. Yeah, you can exactly. turn them on to cool stuff. Yeah, yeah I just got him a skateboard for his birthday. Ooh, you are yes. the cool, uncle. cool uncle. Wow, yeah. that's huge. And the mom hates you. Uh, yeah, yeah, she <laughs> does. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think she hates you. <laughs> Wait till that first broken wrist. <laughs> Chris, I had a question for you. Okay. Uh, Obviously, you're, you talk about Twitter a lot. You have a lot of followers on Twitter. <laughs> it's verified. Depressing to me. Obviously, you talk I'm about Twitter a lot. <laughs> oh my god! No, I mean, I mean, it is it is a, a big Top part. Of, it's part of my life. Yeah, it's it's a part of your life Definitely. as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do you feel like it ever takes you out of life? Do you feel like like do you feel a lot of guilt when you're honored? Do you feel like it's a good tool, or how how do you kind of? Because I feel that's something I think about a lot. I guess uh, like because some, you know something that I think about is that I am. Because I, I, I feel like I'm being creative a lot of the times when I'm on Twitter, and I, wo- I worry sometimes that I'm taking like some nervous energy away from my songwriting and putting it there. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, a, a concern I have. So I try to level it out and try to like stay away from it in in bursts and like if I'm writing a song, I don't bring my phone in and things like that. It's hard to find a balance because I think it's fun and it's it can be a really great tool to use to, you know, promote the music I make and to just kind of like communicate with friends and maybe fans of, of the band or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's a balance you have to strike. I what guess. do you think the split is in your head between Twitter is fun and Twitter is a tool I can use? Twitter is fun and Twitter is a tool I can use. Uh, I'd say I'm more like 75 fun. Yeah. 25 tool. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> 25 tool. No, no, we're talking about Twitter, Chris. About <laughs> but is it hard? Like, like if you're watching a movie so or something, mean. is it is it like, are you like, I can't pick this up? Because like, I feel like for me, it's gotten, you get so used to oh, it. Oh, it's, addi- like, it's just t- totally like probably the thing I am most addicted to. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to not look at it. Yeah. it's, uh, it's Dana, Dana Gould has a, has a thing about Twitter and social media. He said he'll wake up in the morning and his first thought will be, what did I miss? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's hard to get out of that that mindset nowadays with just constant information flooding. Because information, I think, maybe I heard it from him on his podcast, but it's, it, it hits that same receptor in your brain that, like, you know, drugs and alcohol do. Where you get you get a little high from it when you learn something new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not to get too heady, but it's all an addiction. You know, TV yeah. is an addiction. Yeah, you know? man. They're all, it's all different kinds of things that affect your brain that you get stuck on. It's true. And I, I, I have a, I know you've cut out alcohol recently, so not even that recently, but that, I mean, do you think that's helped your productivity? Oh yeah. Like crazy. Because now I, at night I get bored, which doesn't happen when you drink. Right. Uh, so, and I think being bored is like super important to being uh, creative and like exercising that. What made you stop drinking? Um, I was just kind of in a like a lull of my life and just kind of feeling like it was just repeating like we had been like off tour for like a year which is like insane to me um and and i couldn't really see like the end in sight so i was like i need to at least stop drinking until we're done tracking our record like until I, at first i was like i'm gonna stop drinking until we figure out exactly where we're gonna record and how we're gonna do it and then once we figured that out, 
which was like within like two weeks of me stop drinking, stopping drinking. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, okay, this is probably really good, good for me. And then I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll go until we're done tracking. And then we were done tracking. And then I was like, you know what? This is probably just the way I should probably be for a while. And you know, I'm, I've never been like a big drinker anyway, and I never got like super wasted or anything. But it was just something that was kind of just like dulling down my creativity and product productivity. What uh, what are you sort of writing for now? I mean, like, what's are you doing? Fake prom stuff? Obviously, doing this or so. Well, yeah. Stuff? So I I I wrote like a million songs for the last Fake Problems record, and for many reasons, only you know about eleven of them got used, and a, a bunch of them that I really really liked didn't get used, and a few of those are the Antarctica songs, um, and then a, a few of the Antarctica songs are just songs I just wrote for Antarctica. And um, and now I'm just writing, and 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 I guess we'll see we'll see where it goes. I always I never I sit down and I just write a song, and it it, it I have a I've been told that it's a, a a problem of mine that it's I'm very like unfocused in my songs, like not in in my songs specifically, but like as a whole, like they could be like a crazy dance song or a super poppy song. So now that I'm kind of realizing I can have places for them instead of having them all to be fake problem songs, it it makes it kind of more exciting because I can be like, oh, this song, I don't get I don't get discouraged when something doesn't sound like fake problems because now it, I don't it doesn't have to be. You shouldn't worry about that. I don't think you're unfocusing your songs. I think the melody connects. The yeah, melodies connect them I, yeah, all. People yeah. who tell you that are boring. <laughs> Mix it up, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like Jeff. <laughs> Me too. He's right. He's completely I like right. You too. I like you. Do you get tra- do you do you feel like that's a trap though? Like I remember there was an interview with with Brian Fallon and he talked about how after Horrible Crows he had to go back to figuring out how to write a Gaslight song. I don't feel like you doing Antarctica Vespucci is really like we didn't like go off track. Whoa. Yeah, thank you. Like, like it was just your songs that we just like. I just kind of put my little thing on them. Yeah. It, it seems like you're just still writing in the way that you write. Yeah, you're just like I think finding so. different places for different things. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's kind of what I meant. So it's not like you're getting in the mindset of doing like a dancey thing, right? right? No, I'm saying like anytime I sit down to write a song, I don't know what's going to happen. Like you don't I just, know. <laughs> I just go, I just go, and then it it could end up as anything. And sometimes I'll I'll get in my head about like oh how does this fit in with this yeah but now the dots but now like on. like now I know that if it's like a more of like a power poppy song I, it it would like excite me because I'll go oh this sounds like an Antarctica Vespucci song mm-hmm. and if it's like kind of a darker weirdo song it could be a fake problem song Ooh, yeah. we should make some dark weirdo songs all right <laughs> you just screwed that whole system up then. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but i feel like you know you recently covered the good life and i feel like tim is like a perfect example of something tim like is that. like like legitimately my musical hero yeah yeah and i mean i started making music because of the ugly organ um album of the year all records that he wrote and like that that is like totally informed the way i write songs and the way i make records and everything dude for me uh it's all i mean i love some all those records too but to me blackout yeah that record is so like all the electronic stuff it's, it's amazing so and it's incredible like, and then he like never really did anything like that again i know it's so yeah great so yeah is it a solo record it's a good life it's record. a good life it's a second it's a second good life yeah. record okay but he did they did two good life records and then the album of the year was the like the kind of hit good life record because it came out like right like i think the same year as ugly organ right maybe yeah, a year it was around after. the same time for so sure. he was just in like a super super like and that was when like bright creative. eyes was doing all of, like that's when the saddle creek like yeah i, yeah. I mean i don't want to call it a boom but i guess it kind of was right coin it yeah the saddle creek boom baby <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what what is it like being in freak problems because i feel like you guys have been a band for a long time and you have like put out amazing records and have a fan base but it's not like it's not like a huge band either right. i mean like where where how does it feel to you like where you sort of fit in is it comfortable is it hard to gauge does it change it's been hard to gauge for the past uh few years because we've been i mean pretty much an inactive band we've only gone on a, a couple tours in the past two years um our guitar player quit um 
right after. <laughs> well, things just got we made, oh, so, so basically, the, I mean, this will be depressing for a second, and maybe I can swing my way out of it. Um, we made Real Ghost Caught on Tape, which was the last full length that we released uh, at the end of 2010. Um, when we made that record, I was like, oh, this is what our band sounds like. This is like, I like finally knew like what we were as a band because I've always been kind of searching for that. And then our guitar player quit. <laughs> um, so that that was a kind of a punch in the stomach. Uh, I mean, I, I love him very much. We're, we're very good friends still. But for, for the band, it was like kind of it kind of threw us threw us off a little bit. Um, so we just spent a lot of time just trying to kind of refigure it out and wrote a, a, a million songs. Um, but yeah, so right now we're just kind of gearing up. We finished all the songs. And we're kind of gearing up to start going back on tour again. Um, it's it's fun. It, it's it's always fun to play live music for your fans and stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's still very fun for me. And, I'll, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll do fake problems for as long as as everybody else in fake problems wants to do it. Yeah, I guess I so, just. So, uh, sorry, I was going to say so. Everybody else has to quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys were great i saw you guys though i saw you i guess at fest in october and it was so great oh yeah that was that was super fun yeah yeah uh, did fake problems start as just you and then you form the band kind of there's like there's like three mystery years of fake problems <laughs> that i started someone's like, got to do a documentary about that about like the mystery years of like a band of like 14, 15 year olds, like <laughs> yeah. just starting. Yeah. Well, like up until they actually put out their first record. Yeah. Well, that's it. because so Derek and I did fake problems uh, while we were in high school for about two years, like from 16 to 18. And we were a totally different band. We sounded nothing alike. We were like kind of like trip hop influenced, oh. I'd say. But like 16 year olds playing trip hop and it was probably not very good i've i'm very wary of going back and, and listening to it <laughs> um but so at the end of high school all of the members that weren't derek and i quit because you know you go to college i guess um and we were like oh we we want to keep doing this and uh so we got casey and sean and that's when we became like the fake problems that everybody knows that everyone knows and loves everybody today. Everybody knows and loves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and kind of switched up our style and because and, that's when I started listening to more songwriters doing things like uh, like Tim Casher, Cursive, Bright Eyes, Rilo Kylie, Against Me. That those were like our that was like our basis for for our songs at the time. Yeah. What was the question? Was there a question in there? Did I not answer? I, I, got, I got lost in that tale. But <laughs> I, I do love Jeff's idea about the documentary of those middling years when a band forms in high school and then figures it out. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. We had uh, Greg from The Souls on, and he talks about how he's still in his high school band. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like it's insane, you know, and some people are like that, you know, I think you too, I think they might be. Yeah, they, they all, they, that's, that's probably Gaslight, the biggest probably, example. Right? No, no. They were like mm -mm. twenty. They were like my age when they started that band. Oof! Didn't say our age, huh? Because he did uh, <laughs> Charming Man beforehand. You know who else? Look, I just realized Radiohead. You know, oh Radiohead yeah, because Johnny Greenwood was like eighteen, right? <clears throat> yeah, they were all mm -hmm. men in high school, boarding school or something. Really? Yeah. I like, just I just learned about Radiohead that OK Computer and In Rainbows are a double album. I don't think that that's. Like, the truth. No, it's they're con they're connected, and Tom York has confirmed it that they're they're like you can the endings of certain songs in OK Computer like bleed seamlessly into songs on in Rainbows. Wow. Did he put out a track listing like of how to do that? Uh, no, he literally waited for people to he he waited for people to figure this out, and there was like uh, the interview uh, uh, said there was slight irritation that it took people this long. <laughs> but you should be able to like you know play those songs together and it's all around the number 10 and it's all this and can you mix really it in with the wall like, um, <laughs> as well pink floyd's the wall <laughs> mixes seamlessly in with that mm. if i was tom york yeah, i'd be yeah. irritated that i could do whatever i want so. <laughs> that kind of, he, he seems irritated in general <laughs> 
ir- our audience irritates me. <laughs> <laughs> they let us make ambient music after being a rock band. <laughs> Posers. <laughs> Jeff, do you often get irritated by your audience? Constantly. Right. Not anymore, actually. We used to have a lot of like drunk, broy bros come to our shows because I write I write a lot of songs about drinking and being sad about drinking and like kind of what that leads to. I, that just tends to be where my brain goes a lot when I write songs. So I used to literally early on the band, uh, you could find my number on the internet back then because I was also a graphic designer. People would call me up while I was driving on tour and be like, "So, bro, are you drunk right now?" I'm like, "Nah, it's like 4 p.m. Like, I bet you're wasted." Like, no, I'm just a guy driving a car. <laughs> um, and then at some point, we're just like, okay, every time there's a drunk bro at our show, we're just going to be like, get the fuck out of here. We don't want you here. You're being the worst. You're bumming everybody else out. And uh, those people stopped coming. That's insane. Now, now I love the people who come to our shows. I was so you like, weeded, terrified you weeded to them to all them out. Like, yeah. That's inspiring to me because I'm always so afraid to like call out somebody for being shitty. What would but, Kathleen but Hanna do, man? What would, well, what would Kathleen Hanna do? What would yeah. Ian McKay do? And those yeah. are the people who people fucking love. Like, yeah. Those are people who last forever. The people yeah. who does, just don't stand for that bullshit. You but know? Right. Th- that is the thing, though. I do feel like when you get to be a bigger band, that like that's kind of part. It's like, you know, whether like there's certain... Like, I like the Hold Steady, but like yeah. when I go to their shows, it's like all drunk guys. Yeah. Like, that's their night to go crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's like a side effect when you get that big that those people are... <laughs> Going to a whole city show is like going to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Totally. <laughs> like some bands. Like Atlantic City. Not yeah. even like. <laughs> like uh, just, just because it's people just be like, all right, I got the weekend. I'm going to fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, that's great that they're that band for so many people. Mm-hmm. The, the wedding there. Yeah, there's some bands like, like Lucero. There's just some bands where it's like the, it's, anything goes, I feel like. Yeah. Because it's yeah, like the sure. songs are about drinking and yeah. about that. And I get that. But also as an audience member, I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. I th- Bomb did kind of <laughs> a kind of a reverse that where like towards where it wasn't really like that at the end. It was yeah, awesome. I that's great. I was, couldn't ask for anything more than the people who have supported the music that I make. Um, Except to never talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have people started bugging you about reunion stuff already? It seems like a lot of bands are getting back together these days. People, like, I don't I don't think Bond Music History is going to get back together. Everybody, they're not even bothering me about it. They're just like, yeah, we'll see you at the reunion. I'm like, I don't really think so, dude. They're, that's not, it's not how it works. You don't end your band and then go... That must take a certain kind of asshole to end their band and already start planning their reunion. <laughs> I was thinking, wow. uh, I had an idea the other day, is that after every Antarctica Vespucci show, we should say we broke up. And then and then when we announce the next one, announce it as our reunion. Every single time we do it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good bit. Yeah, that's a good marketing idea. Yeah. Going out of business. Final sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that show Just was advertised as like the first and maybe only show. We yeah. don't really know. Yeah, true. We can do that every time. <laughs> Isn't it that ridiculous band out there in Brooklyn? Well, that's that's a that's a loaded statement. Um, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous band in Brooklyn. Oh, that one. Um, uh, Jawbreaker reunion. They're probably very nice. I don't oh, mean, yeah. I should Dan say ridiculously Ozzy named band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're called Jawbreaker reunion. I think yeah. that's kind of funny. Yeah. Do you guys not like that? I think, <laughs> kind of I think it's kind of. Funny. I think it just got Steven's hopes up too much. <laughs> it, so much, so much. See, if I had done it, I would go way hip, and I would just call it, you know, the Thorns of Life reunion. It's, oh, wow. oh, it's literally the equivalent of um, free beer as your band. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Well, can't Jawbreaker not Free reunite to... because Blake's voice is just different now and he can't sing those early records? Is he, that what's up? He like actually he said that. He said, but then if yeah. you, we saw, saw um, no, Joan, you saw him solo. He kind of cranks out a couple. I, he saw him, still... I saw him solo. He sounded good, but, and he played, he didn't play any Jawbreaker songs, though. Yeah. He just no, played... I'm not saying he can't sing. I'm just saying, like, he probably, those early Jawbreaker records, he's like, ah, ah. Yeah. Like, you probably can't do that. Yeah. yeah, that's possible. I don't remember. Did we ask him about this when he came on the podcast? I think we did. I think, or, I don't know if we did, but, we, I know I did read an interview once where he said my voice can't pull that off anymore. You know, that was, I know, felt like I was you, on acid thinking when I listened to the, the episode that he was on it's crazy, of this right? podcast. <laughs> I was like, this is some trippy shit. Why? What? It's, he's just, just he says some wild, wild he things. He likes, he, he rode his bike here and, uh, he's, yeah, it's just, it was really it's far out. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. A lot of shit talking. Yeah. It's a podcast. Oh, yeah. That was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to it if you haven't. Yeah, go Going back. It's episode, episode number 80-something, maybe. I don't know. 
Thank you. We'll edit it in okay. and post. Episode yeah. number <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should edit in the entire episode right now. That'd be incredible. <laughs> that would be really funny. And we're back. <laughs> um, or we just continue this podcast of all of us listening to that episode together. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. What if that was a new podcast where you listen to a random episode of a podcast and then have a podcast about it? Commentary. Or what if you yeah. do director's commentary over it? That and then like, put it on vinyl. In, like maddening to listen to. <laughs> when Chris said this, I was thinking, <laughs> I should follow up with this. <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna start doing a... podcast after shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's the uh, Trapped in the Closet DVD. Have you guys ever seen that? No. Uh, no. The commentary for the Trapped in the Closet DVD is R. Kelly sitting in a movie theater watching Trapped in the Closet, smoking a cigar, and occasionally turning around and being like, "Isn't that part pretty cool?" <laughs> it's like, it, you know, I I knew I had the word dresser. So I figured out he's got to have a Beretta, but he's just sitting there watching it and like occasionally turning around. It's great. That's amazing. Highly recommended. Wasn't the the director's commentary for Wet Hot American Summer? I think it's just farts. Yeah, they did a fart track for that. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. But they have an actual they have an actual commentary as well. Everything on that oh, okay. DVD is worth multiple yeah. watches. I mean, since the commentary is basically kind of a podcast over a movie, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe the answer is to do a movie over a podcast. <gasps> a movie over to do Brad. to add video to an audio only podcast. Wow, I think you may be wow. onto something, Brad. Re that's why re you're up. behind the boards over right. there, yeah, the man. idea guy. Fuck. <laughs> We're wow. <laughs> this is where we, this is where we drop the mics and we're out. <laughs> yeah, right. I think we're really onto something. All right, we should edit this part out before someone steals it. <laughs> yeah, no one steal this idea. Is this legally copywritten? If we talk about it, just say it's copywritten. It's copywritten, right, trademarked, Creative yeah. Commons. Well, te technically, we're all breaking the law anyway by doing podcasts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sure. What's huh? what's illegal about that? Because uh, there's uh, patent trolls that that say, "Oh no, I own this," and they have like some weird license, and they're suing people like oh, yeah. Mark Maron, Adam Kroll. Adam Kroll is actually getting sued for millions. It's yeah. actually the, the, worst. the coolest I've ever thought Adam Kroll has has been. Uh, right? He's like going, he's like going right. he after. He was the back first one them. to stand up to him because they're doing the the standard troll thing, which is suing for just a little enough money that people pay up. That's yeah, what they're doing so, but. Yeah, Corolla was the first one to stand up to him. Is that right? Yep, yep. And there's, uh, but they're suing him for millions. Well, he's yeah. so maybe like, I have no oh shit, but fuck it, let's go after him. But that'll yeah. be cool. Stupid. That'll probably be a court case eventually because that people reference. Because when you think about it, it's like cop, it's like a patenting recorded music. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the problem yeah. with the suit is that it basically shuts down the internet in essence. Yeah. It's not just podcasts. It's like one of those fucking retarded. Uh, who are Ooh. those? Who are those people? Some, like, who are the trolls? I mean, it's, like, it I, didn't. I don't think this one started out as a troll. I'm probably talking out my ass. I don't know enough about. No, it. no, it's, it's literal like, trolls. I think it's like an inventor who yeah. who was disgruntled that they talked. Like, it's usually usually it's lawyers behind it. Exactly, who get someone yeah. to be their person to then try and get talking. money because lawyers are mostly really good people. Yeah, I caught last night. He's saying that uh, so your lawyer is like <laughs> cool with you. No, I know some legitimately very cool lawyers and. And even they go, wow, there's a lot of dickheads in this field. I yeah. caught part of Adam Carolla's reality show last night, ironically. Oh, uh, how is I it? Was I, I like the idea of it. Yeah. Do you know about this? He's, no. he, he used to be a contractor, I guess. Huh. And yeah, he was a, a full-on carpenter. And his roommate at the time was who? Jimmy Chris Kimmel. Kimmel. Who? Jimmy Kimmel. They've been like, really? They've been best friends forever. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was, he's, like a, he's a legit contracting carpenter dude. They used to have a bit on... K Rock out in LA, where he did this character named Mr. Bertram, and he was a retired shop teacher. And people would call in and say, Mr. Bertram, I have, um, you know, a carpet that uh, I need to pull up. And he would give them a legitimate answer of how they should do it. But then he would also say something really awful. Like one of the jokes was, uh, Mr. Bertram, what do you use to pull a carpet up? And he would go, Use a Mexican. <laughs> so the premise Some of classic this, Adam Carolla stuff. Yeah, totally. God damn the, it. The premise of the show is that him and this other him and this other contractor guy go into people who've gotten ripped off by contractors basically and confront 
the contractor like with a camera it's like crew. catch a predator it's like with a catch camera a crew and racist humor yeah. <laughs> yeah and the guy's like what are you doing here and they show photos of his work they're like where's a hot tub that you said you'd install and he's like uh i don't know and they're like you give contractors a bad name like blah 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 either fix it or we're gonna sue you That's and then awesome. the guy will fix it and they'll make him go back to the house and like fix like the shitty contracting work he did it rules yeah so, but it's weird. I, I sort of felt bad for the shitty contractor because he like, I don't know. He, I just felt he ripped these people off, but it's like, just get, I just feel like getting yelled at is not the best way to resolve things. Yeah. Getting God. shamed. Yeah. We just, saw, we saw somebody get yelled at the other day. Talking about me? No. Wow. Oh. <laughs> With the 40? Oh no, not okay. that. That was, that guy was an asshole. <laughs> um, the, 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 the father and son walking across the street. Oh, yeah. They almost got hit by a car by Barclays Center because he crossed at the wrong time with his son. And all the crossing guards just shamed him so hard. Yeah. I mean, he did the wrong thing. but right. He was already was feeling like, bad. It was hard yes. to watch. It was like very... And like a little kid watching your dad get yelled at by yeah, other what adults. What kind of father are you? Kind yeah, of yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not like you're doing that on purpose. Right. Yeah, right. I see that a lot, dude. I saw a, a old Asian grandma like almost like literally dump a three-year-old in front of a cab. Woo. Like from the stroller. She went to cross the street and like the kid fell out in front of the cab. They screeched on their brakes. Holy Maybe smokes. that grandma thought that the kid was a superhero at this <laughs> time for the kid to meet their destiny. You know? I see way, I see way too much. I don't care if you're an adult and you want to step in front of a bus, but when you have a kid, dude, good for the crossing guards, I say. For shaming wow. them? He, he needed to be Well, shamed. like they've never made a mistake in their lives? Uh, it's, it's, he didn't, it was... He didn't dump. I feel like you're picturing the crossing guards yelling at this person dumping a three-year-old in front of him. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Oh, he really? just crossed the street at the wrong time. Okay. Right. It's still kind of bad. Well, here's the thing. How do you know it's the wrong time to cross the street? Um, the, the lights? There's don't lights walk. and cars coming. <laughs> so really? you guys are aware of how this works, so this guy's a fucking tool. He's aware of how it works. Well, I mean, but people make mistakes. People fuck up. And you, we all live, uh, or most of us live in New York City. You don't li- you don't really look at that stuff. And maybe his New Yorker instincts kicked in. He's like, oh, I just cross whenever I want. And he's like, wait, wait, shit, shit, I have a kid. Shit. I'm in the middle of the road. Shit. Now I'm getting yelled so, at. Yeah. How, do you feel, how do you feel about bicycle messengers in Manhattan? Um, what about them? What do you mean? Because legally, <laughs> if you want a bicycle, packages. you have to obey the same laws as a car. Yes. You have to stop at a red light. Yes. So I know a lot of people, uh, Brooklyn a lot, who get nailed by cars. Yeah. And my first thought is always, was it a red light? Yeah, you got to look out for it. It is your fault if you don't stop at a red light, for sure. And if you're going the wrong way into one-way street. But, uh, you know, I always feel like the, one of my favorite things about New York is just as beautiful like uh mutual relationship between pedestrians and bikers and cars and everybody's always mad and yelling at each other like if <laughs> no you're matter. walking you're like fuck this car and if you're driving like why are you walking if you're a biker <laughs> i'm on a bike but nobody ever hits each other everyone's just always mad at each other like but also looking out for each other like all right all right i won't hit you but you're a dick you know i love it love it it's beautiful it's just giant, giant, uh, aggressive, passive aggression. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. <laughs> Finally, so when's got the uh, when's the, um, I see your damn band name and Artigo Vespucci. Yeah. That's you know, it, right? Yeah. It's like Amerigo Vespucci, but with Antarctica. Oh, I get the reference. <laughs> I get, I'm glad you explained that. I don't. I still oh, don't get, I get it. Well, reference. I found out that I still like, don't that get was it. something I learned in my elementary school. And do you know how people? Did you know like, how, how Amerigo Vespucci got popular? Yeah, because he named America, but he also just kind of stole it. I listened to the NPR thing, but I also have a bad memory. So um, he also he also wrote yes, erotic mostly. Native American literature. Yep. Yeah, he like wrote about it, but it was all just like the sexiest stuff. And that made people want it, like, ooh, America ooh. sounds sexy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a liar. He was, he was, he was basically the, the cartographer's liar. equivalent of Hugh Hefner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure, yeah. So that is out? The, the record is out now? Record, well, it's out on iTunes and Spotify, and it's free on quote-unquote-records.com. Um, and the vinyl itself, which we've almost broken even on, Yay. Uh, nice. is available on Really Records. Now, what and what made you go with an actual physical copy? Just because you guys are fans of vinyl, and you know, 
that yeah. kind of thing. Why not just go all digital? Yeah, and I think people who people seem to really in, enjoy it, and it's just like a cool thing that people can have. I think that it. me and Chris are lucky that we could put out a record and enough people buy the record to make it worthwhile to press the record. And um, I've been in, I was in bands for a really long time where you couldn't have something on vinyl because you wouldn't be able to sell it all. So yeah, now that like I'm fortunate enough to be in that situation, it's like fuck yeah, I got to put this out on vinyl. It's so cool. It's still so cool to me to have something I made on a record. Yeah, like and I've I've put out thousands of records <laughs> at this point, <laughs> but see, it's still so cool to me. You and know? you have all those LP mailers. Yeah, I have yeah. all those LP mailers. So got to do something with them. Yeah, totally. I should have started a record label or pressing records before ordering the mailers like i just ordered a thousand mailers i thought it would be a cool thing to have and I was like well i gotta do something with these better put out records when you when you put the record together i know that there's you know people talk about you know neil young's pono thing that's coming out which i find ridiculous but how you can it's like you look on itunes now and it'll say mixed for itunes oh yeah master yeah. for itunes really yeah is it yeah. like uh i mean do you, did you, do you have that thought in your head if it's going to be available on iTunes now or whatever? Like, it just seems like a lot to think about when you're, you're not just going into the studio and mastering anymore. It's yeah. like, it seems like you're, you oh, is it going to be on FLAC files or what yeah. the hell, you know? Well, I mean, when I'm mixing and mastering a record, I have the benefit of not being very good at it. So, like, there is plenty of roadblocks to listening to a mix that I've come up with that isn't like, well, this isn't really mastered for iTunes. Like, it sounds like shit's exploding and crazy anyway, so it doesn't really matter what it's mastered for for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to sound not good no yeah. matter what. <laughs> I think our that stuff sounds awesome though. I think I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually pretty happy. I'm with surprised. That. I'm surprised listening to it that we did most of that stuff just in your closet. I say that. <laughs> I say what I just said, and I do believe that. But I also think that 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 record I think is the best sounding thing. Like I and I attribute that to Benny just playing the drums so well. Yeah, and uh, Treehouse Sound in New Jersey, like that room for recording drums was really cheap and they were really nice. So yeah, I think that really did it. So check out the record. Check out Back to the Island podcast every yep. week, and check out Fake Problems. Mm-hmm. And you made your way to the outro like a real right. Pro. That's pretty Holy professional, fuck. huh? That was very nice, Dude, John. I'm, very, I'm, I'm impressed down? by that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much for coming by, guys. Thanks for having yeah, us. Awesome. Thanks for having Come us. back, Jeff. Wonderful surprise. Had no idea you were going to hang out with us. I love this. Yeah, thanks Yay. for having me. I'm sorry that I talked all over your thing. No, if, man. if I come back, I'll I'll let you talk all over. When Great, you I'll come in. back. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you for saying. I is. was saying if because I don't know. I'm don't saying know. when. All right. All right. Tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> See you tomorrow, everybody. <laughs>
Like maybe they know. Maybe they know something. For our eyes only. It's possible. But uh Yeah, and what else? And uh United Nations record comes out July fifteenth. Just Woo! a little bit of promotion on there my end on temporary Should residence. Put that at the top of this I know, podcast. I know. I'm burying it at the end. But yeah, on temporary residence the next four years, so keep an eye out for that. By the time you listen to this, we will be streaming a song. So you can find that. Um on the internet it's loud and painful i'll tell you right now it's loud just be careful it's pretty heavy yeah you may want to like i don't mean painful like you know well it is kind of a little painful emotionally it's yeah (laughs) i'm i'm you know i'm just the emotional guy yeah i'll be crying (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of blast beats and me crying basically that's like a good metaphor for like my life Anyways, thanks for listening, (laughs) and we will talk to you next week. Hopefully there'll be more of us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.